Hello, and thank you for joining Give Me the Word. This is Prophetess Kenya, and I'm so excited about the Word of God. It's going to heal, set free, and deliver. How do I know this? Because it says in Jeremiah 1 and 12 that God watches over his word to bring it to pass. And some translations said, I'm watching and I'm going to carry out my plans. And then I'm also excited because the word says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Made, and I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. So that is why I'm glad. I'm glad about the word. I'm also glad that God gave me the another opportunity to praise his name and to be able to speak to my family and love on my children just one more day because everybody is not fortunate for that. But the word of God is going to come forth. It's going to settle because the Bible says that the word is forever settled in the heavens and that the earth and heaven would pass away before any parts of his word would fail. So I thank God for his word. So tonight's scripture reading will be John 4, um, St. John. It is four instances of John's in the Bible, but we're going to come from St. John because you do have John 1, John 2, and also John 3, but this is going to come from St. John. It's going to be the fourth chapter. We're going to start at the fourth verse, and we're going to read down to 26. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob was, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tired as he was from the journey. He sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask? me for a drink for Jews do not associate with Samaritans and Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God who it is that asks you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water sir the woman said you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but who, whoever drink the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Then the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that, so that I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but your Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They, For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seek. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one you're speaking to, I am he. Again, that was St. John verses 4 through 26. 
So this word of God that is coming forth, I did um, post the episode on Wednesday of last week because we know Sunday start a new week. However, God told me to take it down. So if you did chime into the podcast on Wednesday, you're going to see that it's the same topic. However, I preached the word and God wanted me to teach the word. So I'm still forever. When you come into God, you're going to be forever learning. And so a lot of times when you're preaching, you do um, get hyped. And far as the Holy Spirit talking to you and you can miss things sometimes. So God told me to come back and teach the word of God. I don't mind admitting that I preached the word and God wanted me to teach it. So guess what? I got to come back and I had I'm going doing it again because in that moment and those days that I there's the lapse between Wednesday and Sunday, God has taught me how to teach the word of God without the hooping and um things of that sort, not saying anything is wrong with that. However, everyone does not understand the hoop. Some people understand the calmness in your teaching. So God told me to come back and do this word of God over. It's still going to have the same impact as it had on Wednesday. Um, However, because God is so infinite in his wisdom and in his power, he said, come back and teach the word of God um again to the people of god so they won't miss it sometimes we can miss the what god is saying to us in the hooping when um that is the the what we call in church the hooping or the 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 preaching and things of that sort we can miss our moments in those times so god said come back and you redo it over again that's why i love about god he's up that's why i love about god and the spirit of god that the spirit of god will continue to teach and lead you and guide you as long as you want to be taught and i'm a forever learning person i love to learn and i think long as i be on this earth i will never learn everything about god because he's just that infinite in his wisdom and in his power and especially in his revelation knowledge because what i learned in isaiah i think it's the sixth chapter i can't think of the verse right now but it says that it's not um precept upon precept um precept upon precept in some translations it says the next section at the precept is either line or rule so it says line upon line line upon line a little there and then a little here so what happens is that god continues to teach us throughout our being with him and that's why i say we don't learn everything at one time when it comes to god because He's just that infinite in his power, and his wisdom. We couldn't get it all in one day. So that's why I love about the Holy Spirit, because it is a guider, it's a leader, and it's a teacher, and it guides you, and it leads you into God. Theology school can teach you the Bible, meaning it can te- teach you the scripture, the words in the Bible, and give us a little bit of the Bible history, um, because I do believe that it is a true mystery that only is revealed through the Holy Spirit. So I'm not speaking against theology school. I think it's wonderful to go and seek out the Bible, to learn of it, to learn about the different scriptures, what were going on at that time in the Bible. But it's certain things that only the, the, it's a lot of things that only the Holy Spirit can teach and guide you that theology school can't give you not speaking against it i'm just saying i'm just telling you the truth is that the the holy spirit is going to give the true revelation you might be able to read the words and you understand the concept that was going on at that time but only the holy spirit can give you the true revelation that god is saying through his Bible and through the scriptures and through the apostles and the different testimonies and the different stories that are in the Bible. So we come in, that's, um, so we're here, we're in an atmosphere, in our current atmosphere, meaning the current things that are going on in the world. A lot of things people are worried about are relationships. 
And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. They're, they're worried about their friendships, their family ships, especially being in the pandemic that we have, that we are in and that we're coming out of. That the current atmosphere is a lot of people are looking at relationships and they're trying to find out before they were looking at relationships, but now it's turned a bright light on relationships because you didn't, what we've seen is that we are now dealing with people that we not, not just friendships, like not just our family in our family, but just partnerships and friendships. We're seeing them on a different basis because before when we were more separated, before we were more separated due to work and other things that we have to do, that we were not really seeing people for who they are. And now that we're we coming out of this pandemic, we were in this pandemic, we see people for who they are. We see the things that we don't like about them or the things that we do like about them. And people are evaluating things and they're saying, I don't know who these people are, even though I've been with them a long time. So this is just what what the atmosphere is. And what we're saying is that people are seeking out advice and people are giving out general advice. And general advice don't work for everyone's situation. It's not like you're putting together a shelf that the manufacturer made and it's all the same. All the pieces are the same. And all you have to do is follow the follow the instructions that they put inside of the piece of equipment people do does not work like that so that's what we're facing we're facing people who are trying to use general instructions on people who are just made different and so we have read books we went to conferences we've gone to master classes we're in the therapist and it seems like things will get better for a little while but they are just not back in the same boat before we start seeing people for the things that we did not like or now we've been single for so long we got caught up in this pandemic now we're seeing that we are just lonely and we don't have anyone and we desire someone and now we're out here seeking and it seems like the things that the men or the women that we're seeking they're just not satisfying us and they're putting us in worse places than what we were before we started seeking out those romantic relationships and so through the pandemic, God has been speaking and he's been calling his people back to himself. The pandemic was set up for us to be separated, but to be separated for a specific purpose. And that was for us to get back in the face of our God. And so tonight's topic is the marriage, a divine courtship. A lot of what we're seeking is in the face of our God. A lot of things that we're searching and looking for, it's not a lot of things, all the things that we're searching and we're looking for, it's in the face of our God. So if we go back and we look at the scripture, like I said, I'm not going to preach this word. I'm going to teach this word. It's that that. We have a woman and she's at a well. So she's at a place of prosperity. That's a lot of us. We're in America. If you're not in America and you're in another country that's not third world country, or you in a place of prosperity, you're fine. You have found yourself like I'm in a prosperous place. I, I'm not in lack. Uh, I have the things that I desire. I have the things that I want, not just what I need, but it's something that is missing. And what we do is we go out and we see and try to put stuff in a place where God is supposed to be. And that's what we're seeing with this woman in St. John 4. It says that she was in a prosperous place. How do we know she was in a prosperous place? Because when we read Bible history and when you go back and study, prosperity was based 
on the land that you lived in. It says that the land that she lived in had a well. All places didn't have wells. It was important to have a well because in the well means that you were able to bring up water and water would not just feed your land. It will feed your, it will give water to your land so you will have crops. And then also it will allow you to give your livestock water and your livestock will continue to be alive. And then you had water for your family and your servants in those days. So it being in the place of a well in the Bible is really a place of prosperity. So we have a woman in the Bible and she's not in a place of lack. She's in a place of prosperity because she has a well where she lives. However, the thing was that she was in a place of prosperity in the natural, but in the spirit, she was in a drought. She was in a drought. And she was in a, a drought concerning relationship. How do you know she was in a drought concerning relationship? Because Jesus asked her, well, go get your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you're right. You had five and you're on your sixth husband. So this is what we're looking at. And the, I know we're saying this in the natural, but this is time for you to put on your spiritual eyes so you can see what God is saying to your spirit. Put on your spiritual um, ears so you can hear what God is saying to your spirit. Put on your spiritual nose so you can sniff out what God is saying to your spirit. This word is a personal word. Don't worry about no one else. I understand that we do tend to, when we do hear words of inspiration, that we think about other people and that's not wrong, but this in this moment, it's good to be selfish because this is going to take you to another realm where you've been seeking things. It's going to take you out of your drought or out of your spiritual drought and your place of lag. So what we need to understand is that this issue did not start with just Jesus coming on the scene and letting this woman know. Because what happens is the woman already knew that she was in the wrong because she said, you must be a prophet because what you're saying is right. Yes, I have had five husbands. Yes, I'm on my sixth husband, but they're not even my husband. So what happens is in the spirit, according to if we look in the spirit and we look at God and we look how God operates is that when we sleep with someone outside of even though we even though we're not in covenant according to the law like you haven't went before the judge you would haven't went before a preacher but when you marry someone in the spirit in the spirit realm when you sleep with someone you're married to them so that's what jesus was telling her you're married to six men even though you haven't had no wedding and you wouldn't haven't bought your family to this feast or things like that and want no exchange of rings. He was telling her you've been in a in a marriage but with no covenant. And that happens a lot because this issue that we're facing when it comes to relationships this is not just my generational thing this is a generation upon a generation because what we've been taught is that we're supposed to seek out natural relationships physical relationships versus our relationship with god i can remember when i did come of age i did not date in high school or anything like that when I came to a certain age it was like well you need to be looking you need to be out here trying to get a man I hadn't been on the date. I had barely talked to a guy on the phone. And so what that caused me is it caused me to say, I knew I was lacking, not in the natural, but in the spirit, because all the things I had been been through in my life up until I was 18, even after 18, but everything from childhood to 18, I was in the spirit, in the spirit, I was in the drought. And what then what I was being taught was, even though your spirit is in a drought, if you seek out the physical and the natural relationships, that would make you better. But what it did was made me worse. And we see that in the Bible, because it seems we know that in the Bible, because if her first husband, 
the first man she was with would have worked out, she wouldn't have had an additional five. So what we've been taught is that we've been taught to seek out the physical relationships and the natural relationships. And what happens is, is when they break down, instead of going back to God and getting back in the face of God so we can know what he wants for our lives, so we really know our true identity, what we do is we go out and we seek out other physical relationships. So that's what we're seeing in the Bible. We're seeing this woman who the first relationship didn't work out. She went to the second relationship. It didn't work out. She went to the third. It didn't work out and so on. And now she's on a sixth husband, but now the Messiah is here. So on tonight, God is telling me to let you know that this is your well experience. You, this is the experience that the late, the Samaritan lady had in the Bible. This is your opportunity to have the well experience, to get into a true marriage, a divine courtship with God. So we have this woman, she's been taught that she needs to be in, um, I can't say she's been taught, but I'm just talking as far as our generation and the generation before me and a generation after me and a generation that's soon to come. We've been taught, and that's why we have to change the narrative that we should be advising our children not to seek out the physical relationship first, seek out your godly relationship first so god can give you your identity and then therefore when you know your true identity you will pray and say god give me someone that can handle my identity and that's the problem we've been taught that we should seek out this physical relationship and then we encounter people and we think we love them we think they're our friends we think we're in covenant with them and then they betray us and then what we do is we get hurt and what we do is we go on to the next person and then the next person they do the same thing because what has happened is because we don't know our true identity and when someone hurts us it changes the identity and now we are the what we attract is the people we attract people to the hurt and not our true identity so we've been taught to seek out these physical relationships but in this in John 4, it's telling us that we need to seek out the things of God first. The reason why we need to seek out our relationship with God first is because he says in Jeremiah, he told Jeremiah, I know you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So God had a relationship with us before he even made us a seed in our mother's womb. That's the first thing to get on tonight. That's why God is calling us back to divine courtship with him. He says, I know who you were before I even formed you in your mother's womb. I knew your height before I even formed you in your mother's womb. I knew your skin color. I knew your teeth. I knew your eye complexion. I knew your strengths. I knew your weaknesses. I knew all that before I formed you in your mother's womb. That's what he told Jeremiah because he said, Jeremiah couldn't understand what God, how did he said, because I knew you. That means that we had a relationship with God before we even formed a relationship with our mother and father, our earthly mother and father. And so that is why God is calling us back to a divine courtship to get in covenant with us i know we've been taught to seek out the physical relationships i know we've been taught to have friends i know we've been taught that if you don't have friends something is wrong or if you don't if you're not in relationship with someone that is something is wrong so we i understand the environment and the atmosphere that we have grown up in but god is telling us this is our opportunity for the well experience he gave us the full 2020 some of us got it some of us didn't but because he's such a sovereign and a merciful god he said i'm gonna allow my servant to come back and tell you all to get back in divine courtship with me 
So, and then he said, it's not even based on your social status. He said, because this is not just a poor person issues. This is a rich person issue as well. We're trying to understand why is it that people cannot connect with us and give us the opportunity to be who we are because we don't even know who we are. Because like I said, first we got to establish a covenant with God. So our problem is, is not the prosperity because it says that this woman was in a prosperous place. But the issue was with the spirit of God, she didn't realize that even though she was in a prosperous place, she was spiritually broke. And that is us on tonight. We've gone and we've done everything. We jumped backwards. We tried to follow what Sierra and Russell did and what Megan Good did with her husband. But what we have to understand, everything that just because it worked for them, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Because we are not robots. We are different people. All of us None of us are designed the same. None of us view things the same way. None of us process information the same. We can be taught to process information the same, but that's only when you're coming in to divine connection with God that you can process it and see it through God's eyes. Because when we get in relationship with God, the first thing he's going to teach us is agape love, not Aries love. See, Aries love is a romantic type of love but first if you don't establish agape love relationship ain't gonna work that's why it's important to come into divine courtship because agape love is an unconditional love it's a love that says i'm gonna love you even though you're doing me wrong i'm still gonna love you and a lot of us don't have that it's because we are not in in divine courtship with our father this message is not just for women. I know that we're using the woman at the well as a parable. Well, it's not a parable, a way to establish the word in our hearts. But this this message is not just for women, it's for males as well. Males and females get in entanglements, but our entanglements are different. So this this message is not just for women, it's for men also. See, what my pastor taught me, what my ambassador taught me, what my apostles have taught me, yes, I'm in the church, I'm not out here, I'm under covering, you know, that's another thing, that's another reason why you need to get back in connection with God so he can give you a covering on this earth because it is important. It is important to have someone that you in, in a it's, physical relationships are important, not just romantic. But when it comes to the spirit realm, what we do is we get in relationship with God. And then what God does is he put a man or a woman over our lives that we can go and talk to because when we're out here we don't always get things right so that's why it's important to have someone that's over you that's covering you and what happened is when you in divine relationship with god he will give you the right person to cover you but when you're not in right relationship with god you will allow anyone to cover you but I'm not like that. My, my pastors are rooted in the will of God. They know the word. That's why my, my knowing of the word has gone to such a higher dimension in God. So like I said, this message is not just for women. It's for men too. This message is not gender specific or restricted as far as gender. The only thing is that women and men get in entanglements, but we get in two different types of entanglements um, that I've been told. So men have mind ties and women have soul ties. I know that you all have heard about soul ties, but on tonight, we're gonna learn about mind ties as well, because after this, what I'm teaching you, you're going to desire, you're going to run back to God where he wants you to be, to get in that divine courtship, that marriage, so you can establish covenant, to be unlike the woman at the well who had six hus husbands married, but no covenant. 
because that's what marriage is. It's supposed to be a covenant between man, woman, and God. But first, the covenant has to be established with God. So like I said, men have mind ties and women have soul ties. How do we know this? We have instances in the Bible where we see mind ties and we see soul ties. I'm going to call for 2 Samuel 13. And this is the story of brother Anan and sister Tamar. It says that Anan and Tamar were sisters and brothers. They were half sisters and half brothers brothers because at that time in those days it was okay for men to have multiple wives but you will only have as many wives as you could afford so and we're talking about king david this is king david's children we have brother anan and sister tamar and it says that anan was obsessed with his sister tamar obsession does not start in the heart it starts in the mind he was so obsessed with Tamar, his sister, that he actually got sick and he was like weary of minds. And he, when his advisor said, Anan, what is wrong? He said, I want my sister, Tamar. I love her. Absalom's sister. I want her. And his advisor um, gave him a wicked plan to get his sister. And it says that he pretended like he was sick. And when he pretended like he was sick, he told his father, well, could you let my sister cook me a meal and feed it to me? And so David let him let Tamar do that. And when Tamar went to go feed her brother, it won't just her in the room. It was servants as well. So he made the servants leave and told Tamar to stay. And when the servants left, he raped his sister. And after he raped her, he was he hated her. He was so obsessed that he couldn't even function. And when he finally got what he needed to his release, he hated her. And she said, well, I know it's wrong, but could you ask for my hand in marriage? Don't leave me like this. He told her no. And he sent her away. And she had to rip her clothes to let them know that she was no longer a virgin. And then what happened, it says that she was in sorrow and it says that david didn't even address his son see a lot of us women and a lot of us men that our our brokenness that's what happens that's why our brokenness start with our parents you can see that with sister tamar she's she was upset and her dad didn't even tell Amy, look you're wrong i got to do something i had to send you to jail i had to put you to death he didn't even address the concern so she walked around in sorrow they said she was sorrowful about what happened to her she was crying and so what we have is we have people not just women but men as well what we've had we have our parents that have failed us and have caused us to be in issues that will cause us to not be able to build relationship with people. And that's why it's important for us to get back in divine courtship with God so he can heal us from these things that happen with our parents. But that is not even what we're talking about right now. We're talking about mind ties. So we see the mind ties that Anan had with um, Tamar. It says he was obsessed. So I've never seen obsession start in somebody's heart. It starts in the mind. And that's what we have with men. Men have mind ties because when something gets in their head and they can't shake it and it keeps replaying and replaying and replaying, they got to figure out how they're going to get it out of their head but the only way you're going to find yourself out of this mind tide is coming back into divine courtship with God so that's what that's what God wanted you to get out of this message come back into divine courtship with him he wants to be the lover of your soul I tell you one thing is that it's nothing it's nothing like the will of God it's nothing about about it's nothing like it's nothing comparable uh, being in the will of God it's nothing comparable about being in God's safety it's nothing comparable about being in the presence of God and the glory of God because you're 
wake up with joy. That's what God gives you. People can't give you joy. People can give you a happy because happy is temporary. But God will give you joy, unspeakable joy. He will give you peace. He know that you lost your child and you're still grieving. He know that you lost your mother and you're still grieving and you lost your father and you're still grieving. You lost the job and you're hurting because you're now in lack. But God said, come to me. All you are burning in heaven laden. He said, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, I'm going to give you more than what you had because that's what happened to Job. Everybody came to Job. Job's wife even came to him and said, will you just curse your God and die? Job said, uh-uh, I can't curse my God and die. And he gave Job back more than what he had before. And that's what God is telling you. He said, I see you. You are like the fig tree. You are supposed to be bearing fruit, but you're empty. You don't have anything. That's what the woman was telling Jesus. I don't have nothing. God said, I know you don't have nothing, but still come into courtship with me. He said, I'm not like man. He said, my ways and man ways is far as, as the east is from the west. That's what we have to understand. I know you got married and you thought it was going to complete you and it didn't. It actually made you even worse. You went to the therapist and it's making you worse that you don't understand. You're taking the depression medicine and it's making you worse. You just don't understand. You took the promotion. You're making money and it's you worse. You gave the job back and you're, you're still worse. And that's why God wants to come into divine courtship with you because he desires to see us better than what we are in. Preacher, how can I let God into my heart? All you got to say is, God, I'm here. Come in and do what you need to do in me. I give you everything. I give you the marriage if it's the marriage. I give you the molestation if it's the molestation. I give you the rape if it's the rape. I give you the children if it's the children. I give you the baby mother if it's the baby mother. I give you my mother if it's the mother. I give you my father if it's the father if it's the baby father give it to him if it's the job give it to him allow him to come in and suck with you because what he's gonna do is he's gonna make you better that's why it says and that's why David was able to write the 23rd song he says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be awoke because when you come into God he puts you in a place where you will not be in lack because what he does is he start making you think is this stuff even worth your peace is this stuff even worth your joy is this stuff even worth your peace of mind I a lot of us have literally lost our peace of mind off material things. And that's what God come in. He started helping you evaluate some things, some friendships that you don't want to cut off, some family ships that you don't want to cut off, some partnerships that you just don't want to come off. I know you want people to get up here and you want people to say, you thought I was going to get up here and start condemning sin after sin. No, 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 no. Because what the Bible tells me is that the wages of sin is death. So death is, uh, sin is already judged, baby. It says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is of eternal life. And what we happen is, I'm not saying that sin is not wrong because sin is wrong. I'm not telling you that it's not wrong, but it's already been judged. When, Jesus, when God come back, he going to be judging our fruits. That means he going to be judging our character. And also, because the sin is death, that means if you don't straighten out, you're going to death. Death spiritually and death physically. And what death leads us is to hell because death is not in God because it tells us that when Jesus, when he, when he died on the cross, he went to hell first and he snatched back the keys of death and hell. So when you, when you go to sleep, when we close our eyes here on earth, we actually sleep for those of us who are in Christ. But those of us who are not in Christ, it's death. That means it's no coming back. So that's what it means that the wages of sin and the wages of sin has already been judged because it says that the wages of sin is death. 
And sin will lead you to a spiritual death. You can't be in sin and in God. Preacher, how do you know that? Because it says that when Adam and Eve, when they ate of what the snake, when Adam and Eve ate of what the, the, the serpent gave her, it says that she gave it to her husband and it says that their eyes were open. And when their eyes was open and God came back into the garden and he asked, where are them? Because sin separates us from God. That's why we, it's a sacrifice. We're supposed to be sacrificed, even though our flesh, our flesh is weak. Our spirit is supposed to be able to override our flesh. But the only way our spirit is going to be able to override our flesh is when we get into divine courtship with God. And it said that the sin separated them from God. And that's why when God said, where are you, Adam? He said, I'm in the garden and I'm naked. That's why God said, how do you even know that you were naked? Because they had no sin at this point. That's why I say that the wages of sin is, that's why the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So sin has been judged. When God come back, he come, he coming back to judge our fruits. What did we do after we got saved? And if you were given the opportunity and you still turn him down, it was like, you ain't do nothing. And we have a destination. Whether you, he said, whether, wherever you make your destination. So no, I'm not going to sit here and go through all these sins because it's abundant. No, I'm going to give, I want to explain and emphasize on the divine courtship, come into divine courtship with God. So you won't even have to worry about that. That would be the least of your worry. You will understand the grace and mercy that God has on your life and that what God really wants to do for us and through us. All you have to say is, God, I'm here. Please come in and sup with me. I'm not perfect. Let God know where you are. I'm not perfect, but he already knows. Say, I'm a liar, God. I'm a prostitute, God. I'm a whoremonger, God. I'm a backbiter, God. I'm a fornicator. I have issues with lust, God. Adultery. And what he does is he come in and he suck with us. And what it does, I know for a fact, when you allow God to come into your heart and your mind and let him come in and suck with you, those things won't even bother you as much. And when they do try to bother you, you will say, uh -uh, nothing is comparable to the peace that I have and the joy that I have since I've gave those things up. That's what happened. I know it for sure. Um, I'm not, I'm single and I know what God would do if you allow him to come in. He will be a keeper if you want to be kept. He said, those minds that are stayed on Christ Jesus, I will keep them in a perfect peace. That's where my mind is. Not You say, well, how can your mind stay on Jesus? And you work. Yes, my mind does stay on Jesus. And I still work. I still take care of my kids. I'm still able to laugh and enjoy my family and my children. I'm still able to go out with my friends. But the thing is, it's my spiritual mind that I stayed on Jesus and my spirit mind keeps my natural mind on focus. So when things do come my way, it has not always been like that. I can't say after I came into God, it took me actually disciplining myself, praying and fasting. But the only way you're going to be able to pray and fast if you come into divine courtship with God. That I'm able to turn down things that I would not normally, that in my old self, I was not able to turn down. I used to have an issue. I wanted to go to the club. I wanted to party. I love to dance. But that's not where God designed me to be. I'm a new creature in him. So my new creature can't be at the club. My new creature can't be out there smoking and drinking. My new creature can't be out there fornicating and committing adultery. And you saying, well, I don't sleep with them, but I do take them. And your new creature don't need to be doing all that. 
ain't messing with them. I'm just stringing. No, 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 no. We got to be different when we come into Christ. So the only way you're going to be able to see that difference in yourself is to come into divine courtship. This message, I know I preached it the first time, but I just, I know that I came back and I taught it because everybody don't get preaching. God wants everybody to get his word. That's why he have different people coming and teaching and preaching on his word. And it sometimes it doesn't even take us saying a lot to people. It's our ways. It's our character that we need to be on display because the Bible says, let your light so shine. Some of us just need to let our light shine. Why can't we speak to everybody that comes near us? Even if they don't speak back, still say, hey, how are you? Sometimes I, hey, how are you, make a difference in someone's life. That's how we establish. That's how sometimes I, hey, and how are you is the way that God comes into people. We don't know. That's why we have to be a willing vessel. That's what I am. I'm not perfect. I'm just a willing vessel. I'm striving for perfection. Every day that I wake up, that God breathes the breath of life in me, I'm striving for perfection. I'm not perfect. I still have my days where I still have to put my flesh in subjection, sometimes more than others. So I just want you to know that divine courtships give us the opportunity to heal. And that's what God wants to do to us because we've been taught for so long to seek out these natural relationships and they keep failing us and then putting us in a worse place. And that's what we see with the woman at the well, that she was in a worse place because she had six husbands up until this point where she found Jesus. But God says it's time to divorce them and come into divine courtship with them. I hope that you've gotten the re revelation out of this word. I hope that you allow God to come into your heart on tonight. Night, not just come into your house. Let him fill, not your heart, just let him fill your whole household. He wants to make a difference in your husband, your wife, your children, your mother, your father, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your co-workers, your CEOs and CFOs. But the only way he's going to be able to do that is only if you allow him to come in and be the lover of your soul. Come into con covenant with him. Stop separate. You're saying you're divorced, but you just actually separated because you still have those connections to those things. But God said divorce them. Don't look back. Don't look through the text messages no more. Don't read them no more. They're not going to change. Stop reading the letter. Stop going back over the conversation. Stop bringing up old stuff. God said, I'm new. He's trying to give you new mercies on tonight and going forward. I'm going to pray and I pray that this word have free course, that you allow this word to have free course in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. If you have to listen to it again, li listen to it again. Find out what your husbands may be. Hers were physical husbands. Your husbands may be abuse. Your husbands may be pornography. Your husbands, whatever it may be. Whatever your husbands may be on tonight. Because the husbands, even though it's a natural, we're talking about spiritual, whatever you're connected to, allow God to come in and cause the divorce, divorce them. It's your choice. You don't have to continue to be in that abusive relationship. You a man, you don't have to continue to be verbally abused or physically abused. Woman, you don't have to be for mentally and verbally and abused abused by anyone, male or female. Some of you all left the man going to a woman and the woman's worse. Some of you all left the woman, went to a man and the man's worse. Go back to God. Go back to God. You went to the, the therapist, you paying the therapist two, three hundred dollars an hour and it's not working. Go to God. Get, get into divine courtship with him. That's the advice that I give anyone. I don't give people advice of myself. I say, go back to God. That's what I had to do. I had to go back to God. After this last relationship, I said, uh-uh, I'm going back to God. Even though the, I had to go back to God. I had my well experience at church. My pastor, 
She said, uh-uh. You got to go back to God. Seek God's face. Go and soak in the will of God. Change your sense. That's what God wants to do with us. He want to make us whole. Let me pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to you. Come to you humble as we know how, God. Come into your throne of grace boldly, God. Asking you forgive us for all our sins, God. Sins that we committed knowingly, God. Sins that we committed unknowingly, God. Sins of commission, God. Sin of omission, Father God. We just thank you right now, God, that your our hearts are open, God. Our ears are hope open, God. Our eyes are open, God. We have heard your word, God. I come in and suck with us, God. Make us whole. Heal us, God, from our past, God. Heal us for our present, God, so we won't mess up our future, God. Come in and be the lover of our souls, God. You said you knew us before you formed us in our mother's womb, God. You said you know the number of hairs on our heads, God. So we're seeking you, Father God. You said in your word, first seek the kingdom of God. So we're seeking kingdom right now, Father God. You said not and the door shall be opened unto us. Seek we shall find. Ask and it shall be given, God. So we're seeking, we're asking, and we're knocking, God. So we're coming to our Father God, our daily bread, our shepherd, the good shepherd, God, because we desire to be your sheep on tonight and going forth, God. Clean us, God. Make us whole. Wash us with hyssop, God. Change our sin, God, like you did for Esther, God. You said she soaked and it changed her sin, God. You did the same thing for Ruth, God. You allow her to go at the feet of Boaz, who he recognized her, God. So we're at your threshing floor, Father. Father God, asking that you will come in and sup with us, Father God. Heal us and we'll be made whole, God. You are our shepherd. I pray right now, God, that the angels of God will arrest us right now in the mighty name of Jesus and allow us to see you, ask for who you are, our Father, our daily bread, Father God, the Holy One, God. I thank you, Jesus. I command your angels of protection all around us, God, and our going in and our going out, Father God. I thank you, God, that the angels will sup with your people, Father God, and some people that are hurt because of the death of their parents, God, or the death of their children, God, come in and sup with them, God. You said you are near us. You said you are near those of a broken heart and a contract spirit, Father God. You said it. People often say, God, I don't know if it's in your word, God, but I true God because you've done it for me that you it's no heart on this earth that heaven cannot heal Father God I thank you Father God and you said all we have to do is believe in your son Jesus just like this woman at the well God we're having our well experience on tonight and we see Jesus God we know who he is God we know who he is and how he's living, how he's our chief ancestor, God. We thank you for the grace and mercy that he brought on the scene, Father God. And we count it done in your son Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen, Father God. We just thank you for allowing us to hear the word of God again. And I thank you for joining. Give us the word. This is Prophetess Kenya. I hope you have a good night. I hope you allow this word to suck with you. And again, I love you, but God loves you the best. Good night.